Good morning. Nice to see you all today. Turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs. We're going to keep, uh, kind of keep a theme of Proverbs going here. The last couple of weeks we've been in this book, I think, and uh, I didn't want to leave. Turn to Proverbs 19, and I think this would be uh, today's proverb from the daily Bible reading, so you're going to get a leg up on the competition here. Get to know just exactly what this is all about. So Proverbs 19, verse 27. And um, I'm going to read it. It's very short. And then we're going to talk about it a little bit. Um, But I want you to look at it from a certain perspective, uh, which we'll talk about here in just a second. But Proverbs 19, verse 27 says, Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. So right off the bat, you can just imagine that there is a parent, wise parent, talking to their child, trying to impart some of their wisdom so that the child's life will be better than it was before. And they're trying to get them to understand that if they stop listening to instruction, then they're going to stray from the words of knowledge. And the beauty of Proverbs is that, I think, is that it, can, it works on a few different levels. So this truth can be applied to anybody in, in any situation. Any parent can come in and say this to their child, and they would be right and wise to do so. Uh, but there's another level here that I think that, that I'd like to look at this morning with you, um, and I think it can apply directly to our lives today, um, and it can be a help in troubled times. And uh, so instead of just any parent saying this to any child, imagine this from the perspective of God the Father, God your Father, saying this to you, imparting his wisdom to your life so that your life will be better than it was before. So imagine God saying to you, cease listening to instruction, my son or daughter, insert your name, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. Now, I'm not just saying this so it'll fit what I have for you today. I'm going to show you why I think we can say that. I also want to show you why I think we can translate this even in a a little bit different way so, so we really understand maybe the heart of what God is saying here. And that, that's what's great about Proverbs as well, is they give you this statement, and then there's so much that you can dig into and find out about what God has for us. So if God said to you, cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge, I think we could also take that to mean this. If you stop consuming the teaching of the Lord, which would be his word, which is what Proverbs over and over again says, is that instruction is the word of God. If you stop consuming, if you cease listening, if you stop consuming the word of the Lord, then you will drift away from truth and understanding. I think that we can say that that is, that, that, that I can safely say that is another way of looking at this proverb. If you stop consuming the word of the Lord, you'll drift away from truth and understanding. And let me, let me show you why I think we can say that here. If you go back to Proverbs 2, and we're going to look at Proverbs 2 um, in a couple of different pieces here. 
but if, if you've been around on graduation Sunday, um, you're going to recognize this passage. I like to talk about this um, to the graduates, and, uh, and we'll continue to talk from this passage. But it's so important to understand what God is saying when he says, if you stop listening to his word, then you will drift from the truth and from his knowledge. So if you go to uh, Proverbs 2, we're going to look at the, the second half of this section real quick, the end. After the author has said, here's what you need to do, and here's what's going to happen if you do that. Look at Proverbs 2, verse 6. He says this, for the Lord gives wisdom. The whole book of Proverbs is all about getting wisdom, getting knowledge, getting understanding. How can you do that? And how can you apply that uh, to your everyday life when you're cooking, when you're cleaning, when you're parenting, when you're going to work, and on a deeper level, how you can um, get, get the Lord's wisdom and apply that to your life as well. So not just what we have to deal with every day, but also what we have to deal with in our spiritual lives as well. That's what Proverbs is all about. And it always says time and time again, the Lord gives wisdom. True wisdom comes from the Lord. And from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield for those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equality, and every good path. If you have God's wisdom in your life, then all these things will be added to you. If you have God's wisdom in your life, it means that you are operating under his understanding and his knowledge, and you are using that to find God's wisdom. And what that means is you are deeply, deeply, and strongly, strongly connected to God. And I think in Proverbs uh, 19, verse 27, that's kind of what God is, is getting at. That if you are deeply and strongly connected to God and his wisdom, then you'll never drift from the truth. You'll never drift from understanding. And the warning is, be careful. The minute you start, uh, the minute you stop consuming the word of God, the minute you stop pouring him into your life and being connected to him, is the minute you start to drift from that truth. And I, I want to show you how this plays out in real life because this is an issue. Um, well, just, just consider our culture today, right? We are bombarded with truth and information and how to think and what to think. And, and it's just, it's coming at us all the time. But we're not unique in our society and in our culture. And in this day and age, we're not that unique because Paul actually addresses this issue way back in his day uh, with Timothy. And we're going to look at that in just a second, and how this idea of, uh, of, of depriving ourselves of the word of God can let those other uh, competing truths, although they're not really truth, but those competing truths and competing information get in the way, and it makes us, it causes us to drift further and further from the Lord until we look around and we don't know what to think. We don't know what to believe. We don't know who to trust. But Proverbs says, and, and God is saying, my son my daughter, if you are consuming my word, if you are using my word as your lifeline, if you are deeply and strongly connected and rooted in me, then you will know truth and you will have understanding and you won't be swayed and you won't be uncertain of what to think in, uh, in dangerous times. So uh, go to Second Timothy with me. And in Second Timothy... 
Paul is addressing Timothy, who's a young minister in the church at Ephesus, and uh, uh, the city of Ephesus is just this uh, melting pot of different peoples and different ideas and religions, and it's just um, it's it's a hard place to be a Christian. And as I read through this passage, I just want you to think about today, our world, our culture, the society we live in, and see if you can see any similarities. If we can connect to the Christians from that day in that city, um, to our own, our own situation. So uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and starting in verse 1, Paul starts to tell Timothy what to expect from those around him, what to expect from the people um, that he's going to come in contact with. And he says this, but, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of the good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, meaning on the outward, on the outside, they look like they love the Lord. They look like they care about spiritual things, but on the inside, they're dead. It's not real. It's just an act. And from such people, Timothy, Christians, turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning. This is the injury. Here's where it connects directly to the proverb we were looking at. Always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So Paul is saying, Timothy, you're going to be surrounded by people who love evil, who love darkness, who love the things that are opposite of the Lord. And you know why they love that? Because they're searching for truth and knowledge. They're always learning, and they're never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Why? Well, what does Proverbs 19.27 say? If you cease listening to wisdom, if you cease, if you stop consuming the word of God, then you drift away from truth and knowledge. And if you drift far enough, then you realize that you don't want anything to do with the knowledge and wisdom of the Lord. But you'd rather make your own truth. You'd rather make your own understanding. And then he gives this example to Timothy from the Old Testament. He says, now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. So this is an interesting paradox. These people um, that Paul listed, these people, these lovers of evil, they're always searching for truth and knowledge, and they're trying to fulfill that need in their hearts. But when they're faced with truth and knowledge, that is the word of God, they say, I don't want that. So they're always searching, but when it's given to them, they don't want it. And you see, that's the insidious nature of sin and evil in our lives, is that we're convinced we're looking for the truth, we're convinced we're looking for what's right, but when God says, it's me, and I have those answers for you, and you have to follow this certain way, then we say, well, I don't want that. And so we turn back to our evil, and we continue to drift further and further away. So there's this issue, and, and, and I think we can see this in our day and age, where 
I mean, evil is pretty well celebrated in our culture. And people are always looking for truth and have questions and, and want to know what's right. And then when you try to bring up the wisdom of God, then it's rejected because, well, that's good for you, but, you know, I want to live my life the way I want to live it. And that's a symptom of, that's a result of people who have been faced with the truth of God and instead of letting their lives be nourished by his word, they said, I don't want that. And they drift further and further away. Uh, Paul kind of echoes this when he's writing to the uh, church in Ephesus, specifically not just Timothy, but in the uh, book of Ephesians. He kind of gives this, this idea of drifting is kind of what caught my attention when I was studying this, of drifting. But Paul kind of talks about that idea. Um, He's addressing the church in Ephesus in the book of Ephesians, and he says, he's trying to, he's trying to help these people, these, these Jews and these um, Gentiles who are now Christians come together and make this church and be this unified body. And the gospel has unified them in a way that people have never been unified before, and it's this beautiful thing, but they're also trying to f- figure out how do we deal with each other because we have our own histories, we have our own baggage, we have our own characteristics, and now we have to bring that together. And so Paul's trying to give them this guide on how to seek the truth, on how to not drift away, on how to stay focused on the gospel. And he starts saying, you should do these things, and you should listen to these people, and you should have leaders who, um, who are preaching the truth, and you should listen to those. Because in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 14, he says, the reason you have to have these things, and the reason you need to continually focus on Christ and consume the word of God is so that you will no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. This idea of drifting from God is just, it's all throughout scripture. And if we're not tethered, if we're not tied to God, then we drift and we get to the point where we're tossed to and fro, where anybody who comes and says anything about the Lord or anything about truth or anything about knowledge and understanding or anything about your life and how it can be fulfilled, they can come, and if it's apart from God, we can be duped into thinking that, wow, you know, that actually sounds right. What's the remedy um, that Paul offers in Ephesians 4 when he talks about being tossed to and fro? He says, here's the remedy. Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth you can't speak the truth if you're not tied to the truth. If God's word is not your lifeline, then you have no truth to speak to anybody. And so we need to be vigilant and concerned with how connected, how rooted, and how strongly are we uh, found in the presence of God. It's so important. Because Proverbs 19.27 says, if you cease listening, my son or daughter, to understanding, if you cease listening to the word of the Lord, if you cease taking it in, if you cease consuming it, then you will stray from the path of knowledge and truth. And I don't think, if we're being honest, we would ever say, if, if you love the Lord, you would ever say, I don't ever want to stray from the path of knowledge and truth. I want to stay the course. So, uh, how do we do that? Well, in 2 Timothy, uh, he actually gives, uh, he, he gives um, well, it's just one sentence, really. You know, Paul likes to say a lot of things, but he just gives this one simple sentence where he says, here's the remedy for that. Here's how to do that. And I want to read that, and then we'll go back to Proverbs and look a little more detailed at some of the ways. But in 2 Timothy 
chapter 3, verse 16, after he's explained about all these evil people and what they're trying to do and the fact that they're trying to find knowledge, they don't care about the Lord's, uh, they don't care about truth because they reject God. Um, then Paul says, here's what you need to understand. Here's how you need to find that truth. Here's how you need to stay connected to the Lord. In, in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, verse 16, he says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So it's the word of the Lord. And here's why it's so important. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The answer to find truth, to know truth, to live your life uh, convinced of the truth and know how to speak to untruth is to find it in the scripture, is to be found in the scripture, is to know the scripture. In verse 17, it says that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You're complete when scripture is your foundation for truth because scripture is God's word and God knows the truth and he shares it with us. So go back to Proverbs 2 and and you won't have to turn anywhere else after this, I promise. But um, Proverbs chapter 2, I want to go to the first part of that section we read before. We looked at six through nine. I want to look at one through five really quick because there's five things that, um, that, that the author lays out for us, five ways that we can tie ourselves to the word of the Lord, five ways that we can be deeply and strongly connected and rooted into God's wisdom so that we know the truth and we can speak the truth and we can speak to untruth. And of course, we can do it in love as we saw earlier. So Proverbs 2, starting in verse 1, he says this. My son, again, so just imagine this is God talking to you as a child of God. My son, here's the first thing, receive my words. So imagine your favorite football team, whichever one it may be. We all have different ones, I know. Um, But imagine your favorite football team. And there's one specific job on a football team that is called the receiver. And what is their job? Their job is to get the team down the field, get the ball down the field, right? They're to progress the team towards the touchdown. And how do they do that? They run, they get open, and they have to catch the ball, and they have to hold on to it. And hopefully they have to keep running. So just imagine what they do. Think about what you've seen, and imagine that act of receiving that ball holding on to it tightly because everyone's trying to rip that ball out of their hands and continuing to move forward. That's what we're supposed to do when we receive the word of the Lord. We're supposed to catch it, hold it to ourselves tightly and never let it go. If they let it go, if they fumble it, right? That, that's, that's not what anybody on the team wants because it's so important that they keep possession of that ball. It's so important that we keep possession of God's word as close to our heart as we possibly can. So receive my words, my son, and treasure my commands within you. How would you um, treat treasure? I don't know if we really call it treasure these days, but call it wealth, right? Or things that are valuable to you. How do you treat those things? Maybe you keep them hidden. Maybe you keep them out of sight. Maybe you keep them somewhere where you know you can get to that if you need to. But if somebody were to come in and rob you, they'd never find it. A safe or things like that. How do you treat things that you treasure in your life? God says, treasure my commands within you that same way. Keep it safe and secure. Store them 
where you can always get to them and where they will never be taken from you. So that's the second thing. Third thing uh, is two parts in verse two. It says, incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Incline and apply means hear the word and do the word. So we can hear things, parents, you know, when you tell your kids to do something, you know that if they hear it, but you really know that they got it when they do that thing, right? If you say, please go do this, and they say, sure, and it doesn't get done, then you notice that they, they might have inclined their ear to you, but they didn't apply their heart to understanding. But God wants us to do that, to hear his word and to do his word. So that's the third thing. So receive, treasure, incline and apply. And in chapter, uh, verse 3 it says, cry out for discernment. So this is an attitude of humility, which we need to take uh, when we come to the word of the Lord, an attitude of humility. Um, when you finally ask somebody for help for something, you have, uh, you have humbled yourself. You might not feel like you did. Um, sometimes it just we do it so quick we don't even realize what's gone on. But you wouldn't ask somebody for help if you could do it yourself. And if you could do it yourself, you'd be self-sufficient. But when we go and ask somebody for help, we realize we're not able to complete whatever it is on our own. So we have humbled ourselves to ask for help. And that's what we're supposed to do as the sons and daughters of God is to humble ourselves before the Lord and ask for discernment, ask for understanding, ask for him to illuminate, like Scott said earlier, illuminate um, his word to our hearts. We might be reading Paul and he can get pretty wordy and pretty tough to understand sometimes, but the Lord can make that clear. And he does that. He does that all the time for us. So we need to cry out in humility for understanding. And finally, uh, in verse 4 it says, Seek her as silver. This is wisdom. This is knowledge. This is understanding. This is God's word. Seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. This idea, the, the, the way that this is written, the words um, are trying to get us to see a progression and if you take seek and if you take, take search, you see kind of this movement forward. If you're seeking something, you start out just by looking, right? You're just, we're just looking for something. When you get to the uh, word, the verb search, you've moved from just looking to having a focused, intense um, goal in mind. And you're searching for this one thing. So to seek and to search goes together. And it's supposed to remind us that our desire for the Lord, the desire for his truth and wisdom, the desire to know his word deeper um, should be growing in our hearts. We should never be in one spot for very long um, and, and, and just sit there and be like, well, I, I know this much about God and, and that's good. I know this much about God and now I need to know more. I know how to honor him in this part of my life, but now I need to know how to honor him in every part of my life. We're supposed to be progressing and the more we consume the scripture, the more we consume God's word, the more we're illuminated by that, then the greater our understanding grows. And what a, have you ever talked with a Christian who you could tell right away, they were, they just knew so much more about God than you did. Now, sometimes it can be intimidating, but if they're doing their job right, then doesn't that just feel so great, so wonderful 
to be able to talk to somebody who knows so much more and can share that wisdom with you. I, I find that so refreshing to be able to talk to people who are further on the road, who have consumed more of God's word, who have been more illuminated, and who can look at, at what I'm going through and hear my questions and say to you, oh, think about this. Consider this. Here's what God did in my life about that. It is, it's so refreshing. It's so encouraging. And then, in turn, that helps me to say, whoa, I got to read what you're reading. I got to know what you're knowing. How did you learn that? Um, you see, this is supposed to help us stay connected uh, to God, tethered to God, so that we know the truth and we're not drifting away and we're encouraged uh, together as the body of Christ. So, Jesus sums up that whole, all those five things in John 15. You don't have to turn there. Um, but in John 15, over 10 times, Jesus says this one word. He says the word abide. He says, he's talking to his disciples, and he's, they're asking, what are we going to do? How do we, how do we stay connected to you, Jesus? And he says the word abide. Abide in me. Abide in my word. Abide in my love. Abide in my kingdom. What he's saying is, and then he says, I'm the vine, right? So he's the vine, and in order for the branches to be fruitful, they have to be connected to the vine. If you're cut off, you're not going to grow any fruit. If you're connected, you're going to grow fruit. So abide, live in Christ. That's how he sums it up. Proverbs sums it up this way in Proverbs 2, verse 5. It says, after you do those things, after you receive the word, after you treasure it, after you incline your eye, your ear, and you apply your heart to it, after you cry out for more, and after you seek and search and grow closer and more knowledgeable, it says this in verse 5, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And isn't that the answer to Proverbs nineteen twenty-seven? If I cease listening to instruction, then I'll stray from the words of knowledge. So in order to not do that, I have to do these things uh, that we talked about, and then I will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I must continually consume the truth of God to know truth, to speak to untruth, and to be able to share God's truth with other people. So make that your goal. Make that your business. Make that what you're known for. We should make that what we're known for as a church, as this part of Christ's body. We are known for our consumption and our connectedness and our deeply rooted lives in the word of God. And then we'll be able to answer all these things that are coming at us. We'll be able to speak to all the information and all the untruths, really, that seek to get our attention in our world today. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth that you didn't leave us to figure things out on our own or you didn't leave us to uh, try and understand, Father, but you gave us everything we needed to know what's true. Father, I pray that we would be truth seekers constantly, continually, that we would encourage each other to do that, that we would speak into each other's lives the truths you've shown us and we'd be able to build each other up in that way, Father, so that we can meet um, all the competing information and the competing truths that are trying to take our attention and trying to confuse us, Father. Help us not to be tossed to and fro. Help us not to drift from you, but to be tied securely to your word. We thank you, and we love you in your name. Amen.